Listening to the Game Central podcast, all your gaming needs are filled in just over an hour as we take you through psychological torment as we discuss the big news of this week. One of the big news stories is that we've now got a listener in Italy, and that's absolutely fantastic. We're big in the Philippines, aren't we, Gareth? Or yeah, because they're quite short over there. So. There you go. That's quite good, Gareth. Well done. Give yourself a. You want to give me yourself yeah. a celebratory? What? That's when Gareth makes a funny. Uh, people don't understand Gareth's sense of humour, so it's just going to be there to explicitly let people know that Gareth has just been humorous. Uh, if you were wondering how little Don is getting on in the one, then no wonder no more. He isn't back with us just yet, but let's just say that with his new hair transplant and now having a distinguishable hairline, it will now take him less time to wash his face in the morning. And we wish him the best of luck. Filling in for Don this week, as he did last week, is greenmangaming.co.uk enthusiast David Ellery. How's it going, Dad? Still going well, thank you very much. Uh, do Green Man Gaming have any good deals this week? I uh, no, I haven't, I, ha- I haven't heard. Finished. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just cut off your joke. Yeah. I hear The Witcher 3 is on uh, offer on PC up to 30% cheaper than anywhere else. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. At GreenmanDamon.com. Green Man Damon. That's fantastic. <laughs> At least get bloody websites right. Uh, Dave may have swapped places with Don this week, but next up is a man no one would want to swap places with. It's Gareth Williams. Yay. How are you, Gareth? I'm all right. Done anything interesting this week? Uh, the exact opposite. Fantastic. And then you wonder <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Uh, news, news, how do you do? All the news. <laughs> news, news, how do you do? All the news that has been spewing from the stagnant pipe that is gaming. Then we have a one off special Gareth versus Rob. What? He has finished off Guy. He has unloaded all over Don. But will he be able to pin me down and make me a trio of his victims? It's the quiz that no one has been talking about or waiting for. It's Rob versus Day. Gareth, that's the one. Then, where has Gareth been crammed into this week? Has Day played a recent game? And is Rob destroying Devon May Cry on hardcore mode? Yes, he is. It's what have we been playing? All that, plus nothing else on this week's Game Central podcast. Play that funky music here, boy. Well, before we get started this week, I think it's very important to take on the experience of the Ellery Ip. We're still not sure what it is, originally supposed to replace hot gossip for the time being. Do you know what it is, Gareth, listening back last week? Have you got any kind of way to describe it? Uh, It seems to be uh, an informational mini-news story about pricing. (laughs) Yeah, about pricing plans at different websites. Uh, Dave, you've had a week to now reflect on it. Uh, Can you sum up the Ellery Ip? Uh, yeah, it's a factual and not in in any entire way biased representation of the gaming market as it stands. 
Fantastic. Well, would you like to pull back your skin and spray out all of that gaming goodness that you've taken in this week? Right, I've got two rumours for you two this week. Uh, oh, big ones. Right, everyone loves Call of Duty, as you all know. Yep. Uh, yep. And as you also know, a conventional Call of Duty means that they have to release DLC before the game's even been released. Right, so, currently... PlayStation and Xbox has been competing with these exclusivity wars for the Call of Duty DLC, downloadable content, maps, guns, whatever you so wish. As it stood, as of last week, Xbox was the top bidder for this exclusivity content so that they could generally sell more copies of the game. But recently, PlayStation has come in, according to his rumour, and stolen the bid from underneath Xbox's nose. So therefore, PlayStation users will be getting better DLC than Xbox users on launch for the new Black Ops 3 Call of Duty game. Fantastic. And is there anywhere in particular that you can order that game from, should you be interested? Uh, Sadly, I found... uh, just too many, too many uh, good... But is there one in particular that you feel is... Look, uh... If I had to pick one out of the air, Rob, if I just had to, you <laughs> just know, close my you eyes, that is... yeah. if I just had to close my eyes and really go, I reckon GreenManGaming.com is okay. right up there yeah. with, uh, you know, the top deals with Witcher Smart. 3. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying. Fantastic. Uh, our second big release this uh, week is about Mass Effect 4. <gasps> I love Mass Effect. Have you heard about this? No, but I love the Mass Effect series, and I'm really excited now. <laughs> you seriously haven't heard about this, Gareth? I'm actually quite shocked. They've leaked a lot. Uh, there's Social been... <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a... <laughs> That's what it's all about today, guys and girls. That is what it's all about. Oh, God. <laughs> right, so... Uh, for the release of the game, they send out a survey to see what the audience and the fans would like from the next game. And a Redditor, and while I'm guessing... Oh, is that what they're called now? This is, Yeah, well, this is what they're named. Um, has, was one of these people, and therefore leaked a bit of information which is likely to be in the next Mass Effect game. Oh dear. Including the context of it, uh, the crew, and pretty much the story as well as some of the um, features of the game, including strike team missions and a possible horde mode in the game. Now, Gareth, before I go on, do you want to know a basic outline of what's going to happen in Mass Effect 4? Um, You know what? A basic outline isn't that big of a spoiler, I don't think. So, yeah, come on. Okay, then. So, (laughs) yeah, no spoilers there. It's set in space. Um, what it is is that they're not going to continue Shepard's story, so this uh, new saga, as it were, is going to continue on after the effects of Mass Effect 3, but you're going to be a new protagonist. New protagonist, new crew, exploring uh, the Helios Cluster uh, to try and establish a new home for humanity. If there was so, a cluster... I would pick it would definitely be the Helios cluster yeah that's what I was thinking yeah. I was like good choice good choice of cluster <laughs> good choice <laughs> <laughs> your new enemy foe is a being and we don't Ooh. know whether it's a race or just this you know Omega superpower only known as the remnant and it's your 
um, job to obviously explore, but you will find um, traces of the remnant and the, f- the forgotten technology which could hold the key to gaining the power <sighs> to this region of the galaxy. Fucking hell, even you make it sound boring. I'm just on this story before. Yeah, that's what I thought the first time I heard it. (laughs) You try and give me an original. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, Gareth. You try and give me an original uh, concept of a intergalactic space opera that doesn't involve some form of being being a bastard. Well, they don't need to introduce like a giant, big, evil creature. They already have like gas. Yes, it could be a gas, but I hope it's not. Uh, they yeah. they already have a huge galaxy full of races. Play with those. Have the Krogans try and take revenge on the Solarians for the Genophage. Like, a massive war between them would be epic. And you could yeah. do loads of stories around that. Like, there's so much stuff to be mined from that universe. Don't just come up with different Reapers and different Protheans. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of got that feeling. Is that at the moment we don't know whether it's a race or whether it's just this, you know, omnipotent being. Yeah. Um, but I, I gather it will be a race, seeing as they keep talking about this forgotten technology, and you know this. Oh, it holds the power. It kind of just feels like a rehash a bit. But they might, you know, I might be being a bit pessimistic there. Um, you can expect the same stuff from the crew crew stories except you know um so you go around you collect your crew members you have a static crew uh which has been gathered i'm guessing from the um earth base set up by in mass effect 3 depending on what that what state that was in left depending on how you play the story but um you pick up new people you do their story missions and build relationships Rob, this will be right up your street. The relationship trees are still um, going to be diverse, so you can be Good. whatever, <laughs> whatever you please. Nice. Shag whatever you want. Um, yeah, which I do anyway. Which you do anyway. That's just your yep. philosophy in life. If a man loves a dog, so be it. So be it. Um. You do yeah. know that you can end the Elliot whenever you feel like it. Don't wait for me to come in and just say, just, well, that's it for because, the because, because, you know, I'm just trying to give as much information as you can. The new uh, Horde mode does sound interesting, though. Uh, but everything else seems like they're just building on what the experience already gave the gamers. So, How much overall, quite tight. How Dave, for the Horde mode? <laughs> they're not telling you all that yet. They're not telling me all that yet, mate. Yeah, but no, that's that's all I've got for you this week, Rob. Dave, yeah. you say that, but that did take quite a long time to go through. <laughs> okay. All right. Next time, really scolded. No, next time, really in a bit. I think your ego's starting to get away with you a bit. <laughs> Sorry, you're talking about me. Yeah. Reeling on a bit. It's fucking hypocrisy. Hey, Gareth, just put your music here. <laughs> So it's on to the actual news uh, this week. That's absolutely fantastic. Dave, thanks for the Ellery Ip. Pleasure. I it feel like I did be... a better job this week. Well, it seems to be expanding. Yeah, into yeah. all things good and proper. It is. Well, I'm sorry, but we're just going to have to get on with the normal news now. Okay. And the well, 
que le llama Guillermo del Toro's production company hired for Fallout 4 trailer. So does this tell us that Fallout 4 is coming, Gareth? Uh, unless the person who posted about it was lying, then yes, it seems pretty likely that this time next month at E3 we'll be seeing a Fallout 4 trailer. Yep. Which is pretty awesome. It seems that anything this guy's involved is in is doomed. <laughs> so, you know, it probably means that you play like, can my friend Hideo Kojima help me? <laughs> Because <laughs> he does uh, talk like that if you look at his picture. This picture they've chosen is very unflattering. You're right. Yeah. Especially with that kind of thing coming out the back of his head. Yeah, he's stood in front of like a screen with film on it. And yeah. the film is coming out of his head. Exactly. He must feel well stupid. But anyway, Gareth, <laughs> you're a big Fallout fan. Now... I don't mean falling out with people. I mean falling out, fall out the game. Uh, what is it that you want from Fallout Four? Um, I want more Fallout Three and less yeah. Fallout New Vegas. I think that's what we all want, mate. Uh, I just want complete freedom. Fallout New Vegas felt like the end game was always going to play out a certain way, even if you didn't uh, choose to take part. Like uh, there was there was a certain faction in that game I wanted to help. And certain faction, uh, I wanted to help as well, but the two couldn't just like coexist. If you know what I mean, like each one was like, "Go and destroy the other faction now." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I don't want to have to destroy one of you. I like you both." But the game didn't give me that freedom, and I want that's all I want in those games. Gareth, that would sound like a really boring game. <laughs> you just want everyone to get on. That's shit. Not everyone, just these two Yeah, specific... you're basically telling them that you don't want them to war with each other, and you just want everyone to get on and have a good time. Well, the, it, it was literally like the complete and utter destruction of one of these two. It wasn't. Yeah. There was no middle ground, you know. It was just nuke one or nuke the other and it was like holy fuck man if you go into a post-apocalyptic world with that view you're going to be shot pretty quickly Gareth just wants to spread the word of communism that's all I'm saying Fallout 3 you could you could choose to help or hinder whoever you wanted at any time you could play in the moral shades of grey you know you could be good one time bad another but Fallout New Vegas was like you're either all in or you're all out and I didn't like that as much well said, mate. Uh, someone who is definitely all out is Ubisoft, as they have announced that they're no longer making Xbox 360 and PS3 games. Uh, it has to happen sometime. You get the first of the big developers that kind of withdraw support for the last generation of consoles. Um, is it a shame? Is it too much of a shame? I know they made Assassin's Creed Rogue for the last generation consoles, but it seems that now that's it. They've wiped their hands with it, and they're moving on to greener pastures, Uh and they're going to absolutely inundate us with Assassin's Creed from now on. <laughs> fantastic. Are you a bit gutted you won't be able to get any more Assassin's Creed on your PS3, Gareth? Or Xbox 360? Nope. Exactly. Are there any games <laughs> Ubisoft are making that you would love to see on your precious console? Well, they're going to keep making Just Dance, so I think I was, I was about to say. I was actually about to say, Gareth, don't cry too hard because your favourite franchise, Just Dance, will still be released on 360 and PlayStation 3. So, you know, you can you can bust those moves in your living room all you want. Bust a move! <laughs> and with that, Assassin's Creed Syndicate has been revealed. Male and female siblings 
take back Victorian London. Now, uh, to me, yet again, it's looking exactly the same. Whenever you look at these uh, screenshots of Assassin's Creed, they all look like the same world, but just reskinned. <laughs> I don't slightly, know if anyone else gets that. Yeah, yeah only slightly reskinned. I've only recently watched this today uh, of the big release trailer, and it, it, it's not so stereotypically London, is it? I wouldn't say. No. You know, if they just showed me a screenshot of their, you know, map and went name that city, I wouldn't just go, oh, that's definitely London. It just yep. looks like a slightly grimier Florence. Well, <laughs> me, and, me and Dave live in London, and it looks absolutely nothing like this. There's no nice. carriages everywhere. No, exactly. There's none of this Unless kind you go to of. Woolwich. Yeah, they do love those horse and carts. <laughs> uh, there's definitely stabbings that happen in Woolwich. Uh, so oh, I suppose I they've got that bit like. related. Could be, Dave. It could be. Could Imagine be. if all of those problems that have been going on have been to do with the uh, ancient uh, Assassin's Creed. Imagine a lot. Could we be any less excited about this game? Uh, probably not. I, I, I kind of lost all hope for Assassin's Creed once. Um, I think Assassin's Creed 3 came out. I got halfway through it, was so bored that I just couldn't play anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then I just lost all interest and hope for it because after that... Although Black Flag, I, I've been told, ha- was the exception. And it was actually really quite good. Yeah, but it then was they, good, they but fully... compared to the others. Yeah. But then they just fully shot themselves in the foot with Unity and Rogue. Yeah. And it just kind of, you know, they're just flogging a dead horse now. So, Dave, tell me, who is the gamer that buys Assassin's Creed every year? What is their character profile? Probably the type of person who still buys FIFA every year. Someone no, who... I do that. I like <laughs> FIFA. There was someone who's less, you know, less morally sound than the FIFA player. Yeah, I suppose. Because, you know, the the FIFA is a staple game. It's a it's it's the best football game out, so you have to have a football game on your console. But someone who kind of... I don't know, who's a hardcore fan of Assassin's Creed who still seems to think that the story makes feasible sense. Because they took a very good concept of this futuristic world where you can go back into the past and discover more things and they've just kind of blown it out of proportion they've kind of lost themselves but Dave can I put you this question to you which I said a few weeks ago also is the central premise and the central story what is holding Assassin's Creed back that they're still sticking to that kind of worn out story that no one seems to care about anymore yeah I reckon that's a good point to make like if they ditch this whole like Assassin versus Templar type like boundary that they've given themselves, that they're trying to make sense of this mm. Jupiter or whatever her name is, God thing exists. No one knows, Dave. Exactly, no Excellent. one knows. And they're trying to make sense of it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that Ubisoft don't know what the fuck is going on. And no. they're just trying to make, you know, oh, let's, let's at least another game and let's try and make a little bit more sense of it, I guess. Uh, yeah, if they drop that and they still took, say, the the gameplay aspects and, um, you know, all of... Just the Assassin Bureau, as it was. Because I think that it is improving gameplay-wise. In uh, Unity, you could crouch and you could go behind cover. But the central premise, the thing that annoys me, is that I'll be playing it. This has improved. It feels a bit better this time. But I still have not got a grasp on the story or what is going on. It's aliens, mate. That's what I mean. That's what's going to happen. It's going to become so ridiculous that it's going to almost go Saints Row style. 
<laughs> oh yeah, aliens can like just fly to space as the president and blow the mothership up and then abseil could, back yeah. down to earth and land because you're superhuman now. You're not or just you, that you were Desmond all along, and you are the one that's been playing all of these stories. Exactly. It's going to turn to the Matrix, isn't it? It is. But then everything is at the end of the day, Dave. Exactly. What can we say? No, I agree with you, Rob. If they dropped the story but kept the gameplay, I reckon the series would be revived. Now, GTA V. PC is still allowing mods, uh, and the video editor is coming to Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Have you had a chance to play this yet, Gareth? Uh, No. No? Is it it because you can't handle it? I don't think my PC will be able to handle it. Yeah, and the problem is if you uh, if you buy a game your PC can't handle, you can't just take it back. No, and you what does that feel? Because obviously, PC. not being a PC gamer, I buy an Xbox One game, and I think I can do that. But does it feel kind of like it's insulting your manhood <laughs> if you can't run a game on your PC? No, you just have to be prepared. I knew when I was building my PC, it would only be sort of mid-range; like it won't be able to handle every game. Because that was at the beginning when we started the podcast over a year ago. That was your thing, wasn't it? You were yeah. Doing PC. It was like it was sort of medium range back then, and now yeah. we've got all the GTA fives out and the Witcher threes coming out, and I, I just don't think it'll be able to run those games. There um, we go. Yeah, it's a shame, but I think if I see a really good sale for GTA five, I might take the plunge and have a look. Because um, I didn't think it'd handle Shadow of Mordor particularly well, and then it ran it. Mm absolutely fine with pretty high graphics so you never can quite tell yeah and dave is a video editor something that you'd be interested in to take the plunge back into san andreas um i think it would um it would be interesting to play around with it um definitely um you know quite fun especially if like you're playing with some friends because you play uh, with those kind of people online that yeah, you all exactly. like to have a bit of a laugh yeah, a bit of bands. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, I never use that word. You do um, use that word. <laughs> um, yeah, but it would it would add a bit more fun to the game. But I, it depends how user-friendly it is. Is that it scares me when they say video editing on something like an Xbox or a PlayStation because it's just, it's just so hard to do what you want to do on those um, user interfaces. It's just so difficult. So if it, if they make it easy accessible, um, and it sounds contradictory, but easy accessible, but also gives you a lot of options in regards to what you can actually do with the footage, then I think it will be worthwhile. But otherwise, it might just be too much of a learning curve and put people off. That's That's really good, Dave. Uh, talking about HD remasters, if that was what GTA 5 was, Capcom is planning more HD remasters this year. Now, well, next year, not this year. I think Capcom are one of the sort of studios that have got such a rich back catalogue of games. Um, I don't know why they don't make compilations like they used to. Uh, they used to make kind of uh, Mega Drive compilations where you'd have Sonic Streets of Rage and stuff on the Xbox 360. What I would like with Capcom is kind of HD remasters, Resident Evil 1, 2, 3. Uh, I'd like um, <coughs> Clover Studios, who later went on to form Platinum Games with Okami, God Hand, Beautiful Joe 1 and 2. You know, rather than paying for these singular games, about £15 a time, I would like these full bodies of work. And um, 
like Gareth, we liked the, um, Beautiful Joe. Uh, if that was in pure HD, them graphics would be absolutely stunning. There'd be no reason not to play it. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. It'd be amazing. And what were you going to say, Dave, before I rudely talked over you? <laughs> no, I was just thinking is that didn't they already do the HD remasters for the Resident Evil franchise? The What did you say? Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Cap- <laughs> Hasn't Capcom already done a HD remaster of the Resident Evil franchise? Yeah, the first one, uh, which was a already but- an update on the original one oh, on the right. GameCube. So they only did one. I didn't realise well, Devil that. May Cry as well. Yeah. Yeah, they well, basically they released uh, Resident Evil 1, 2 and 3 on right. the GameCube, but they weren't really remasters. But what, what I'm talking about is I don't know if you could HD remaster a PlayStation 1 game. I don't know if that's possible. I suppose you could, but I think the backgrounds and the character models are so simplistic, even though they were static graphics in the backgrounds, that it may not look too great. But I'm talking more of the God Hand and Akami would look absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Akami in, HD would be absolutely in incredible. HD. It would be brilliant. It would look lovely. And I think that's what Capcom need to do because at the moment, they do not have the confidence as a studio to start making new games. Resident Evil 6 yeah. was appalling. Um, Devil May Cry was handed off to a third-party studio. Things like um, Lost Planet as well. That wasn't yeah. really handled internally. Um, so it seems that I don't know what's quite going on in the house of Capcom, but there seems to be not as many sort of figureheads leading projects as there used to be. Uh, Gareth, you got a particular Capcom franchise you'd like to see in HD? Um, either Resident Evil 4, even though that's on every platform anyway. I'd like to see that with some nice uh, graphic updates. Yeah. Or Asura's Wrath. So, yeah. I think that game, <laughs> yeah. Ultra HD if I had running at 60 frames a second, would be unbelievable. And that's what we're talking. Even games like Shadow of Rome, which weren't universally kind of talked about now as a classic, that was an absolutely oh. fantastic game. Uh, yeah. the, the stealth sections weren't great, um, but the combat <laughs> was absolutely they were, flawless. They were laughable, the stealth sections. But yeah, yeah it was it was great. So I forgot that Capcom did Shadow of Rome. Yeah, and, I, and we're talking very good games, and we're we're talking about yeah, games now that we take games. for granted. We were so spoiled back then with quality games that games like that was deemed as average and not really worth anyone's time (laughs) but if it was kind of released now i think it'd be a lot better but you know capcom have released some fans especially in the playstation 2 era devil may cry 3 probably being the highlight of everything that happened uh during that period but it seems that a lot of japanese studios during the xbox 360 and ps3 era stumbled a lot i'm talking about konami uh pro evolution soccer in particular uh, Devil May Cry had a few hiccups. We're talking Resident Evil 6. Resident Evil 5 wasn't too bad. Um, I think a lot of Japanese studios, last um, last generation was a big stumbling point for many. And I don't think that uh, too many have recovered from that. Probably only Platinum Games were the only real Japanese studio that kind of made a name for themselves in the last few years. Uh, specifically with AAA games. I'm not talking about indie games, Gareth. No. <laughs> We're going to come out with a load of Japanese indie games that you love. Yeah, he's going to shout out them all. Yeah. All the, all the Japanese ports, which he's got all like, hiding in his cupboard. Yeah, like a Final Fantasy episode, Dusuke. <laughs> exactly. But even that is a kind of, it's kind of them trying to 
grasp onto the audience that they kind of lost during the Xbox 360 period mm-hmm. because there was a lot of Final Fantasy fans saying, hang on a minute, we don't like what, what we're getting on the Xbox 360. Yeah, But is uh, that safe to say that that audience is like primarily European and Western and that they still have quite a good fan base, as it were, back in you know their homestead? I don't think it is. I think they're seen as trying to pander towards the Western, especially with Resident Evil 6, with Chris Redfield's sort of scenario taking on more of a Gears of War sort of section to it, which has nothing to do with Resident Evil. Uh, Final Fantasy becoming more action-orientated is definitely nods towards more Western tastes. And uh, sort of Zelda we're seeing as well, moving into more kind of Skyrim territory and The Witcher, what's coming out now. And I think... Japan's definitely going through a kind of identity crisis at the moment uh, in regards to, okay, they've got their Japanese customers, but at the same time, how do they kind of try and get hold of this American and Western uh, audience without alienating what they were? I think they've done it all wrong because the whole point people like Japanese games is because they were Japanese. Yeah, because they were different. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If we wanted Western games, we've got our Western games, we've got our Gears of Wars, we've got our Skyrims. But Zelda fans will tell you that they like Zelda because it is Zelda, and they like Mario because it is Mario. And they liked Devil May Cry because it was Devil May Cry. And they're all a bit quirky and strange, and I think it just shows something like Evil Within, which was it really felt quite dated, and uh, it felt like a throwback to the past, and a lot of people couldn't really get over that. Um and that was like the last real throw of the dice, in my opinion, of trying to bring something Japanese to a more Western audience. But we'll see how it goes, Dave, right? Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, the Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, breaks the 1 million pre-order barrier. Uh, there's no coincidence there that Dave told everyone... <laughs> they- <laughs> uh, it's uh, no coincidence. Those figures <laughs> can directly correlate with our, with our viewing figures, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. So... Uh, what was it, Dave? Each one of our listeners bought 500,000 copies each. <laughs> it was. It was amazing. Thank you, Mum, for that, by the way, Rob. Thank you, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was a worthy cause. <laughs> no, but Dave, do you just do you want to tell us what you're getting out of it? Uh, nothing, actually. 200,000 no. copies. <laughs> yeah, 200,000 <laughs> copies, which hey, I actually, it? if I want to get paid, I need to flog them. So, you know, that website again. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Dave, you, you're, Dave will be down... Uh, Deptford Market. I don't even know if there's markets anymore. Are there markets anymore? <laughs> I think there is still one at Deptford. Okay, Deptford. Dave will be there. Deptford Market, nineteenth uh, of May when it comes out, and he'll be selling them for thirty percent less than anywhere yeah, I'm else. I'm flogging it. I'm flogging it hardcore. Oh yes, uh, Gareth. The division is delayed till two thousand and sixteen, which is probably the only Ubisoft game that I've been looking forward to. I think we all know it's going to play. Uh, it will be an open world environment, and you'll be able to sort of get towers, and when you uh, clear a tower, it will then open up more of the map. Uh, it's been delayed, Gareth, but when has it been delayed until? 2016. Have you got a particular date? Um, no, but do you want me to guess? I would love to guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess November 11th, 2016. 11-11 is always a hot day. It is, Gareth. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's upsetting because it is a game that I really was looking forward to. Um, I was going to play it on my own because I've got no real... Even Dave doesn't really bother playing online with me. Which is well, you weird. don't have gold. How do I play online with you with a silver account? That's very true. 
so who's got the issue? Let's be honest. I suppose it's me, isn't it? I'm afraid of that commitment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that that story speaks for itself, though. The division, if you wanted it, you're gonna have to wait a little bit later. I'm afraid. Yeah, uh, it's strange. Well, Sorry, Gareth. That's all right. I was going to say, they're trying to make it sound like, you know, we want this game to be right, so we're going to take more time with it. But they yeah. also just brought on a whole nother team to work on it at the same time. So yeah. it's now got, like, a huge development team behind it. So what this reeks of to me is, shit, this game won't be done for another three years. We need to fucking get more people on this shit. And we need to power it out. Because they know it's going to be another Watch Dogs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That game looks incredible, but so did Watch Dogs. Yeah. And the gameplay just looks like shooting people, which is fucking boring. I think you're right there, is that everyone's kind of lost confidence, and especially with Ubisoft, with the stunt they pulled with um, Watch Dogs, is that when they release a trailer, you just don't believe it. <laughs> you just go, this looks amazing, but I can guarantee you for a fact it's going to run at you know, a frame rate with frame rate which is a lot lower the graphics are going to be bad and the gameplay is going to be boring so yeah they probably have realised oh maybe we can't pull this trick twice so let's just get everyone on it let's see if we can improve this Yeah. hopefully what they're doing now is they're seeing that their games all follow a pattern Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed Far Cry, even The Crew The Crew, the crew is all... the stupidest one <laughs> yeah they all follow that same basic formula. And hopefully, which I pray to God, they have decided to work away from that and come up with something a little bit new. Because as much as it makes sense or whatever, it's such a form, formulaic approach and stuff that we've... I don't want to sort of clear out radio towers to reveal more of the map or to free certain areas so that they're free from crime. Just... Do something new, something that we haven't seen before, because to be honest, Ubisoft is starting to get a bit boring. Mm. Yeah? Pretty no, cool. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, talking about online, Dave, uh, you don't need a silver, a gold account for multiplayer in Tony Hawk's because there will be none. <laughs> there will be, uh, yeah. According to this, there's a, there's a rumour that there won't be any local or, um, well, there was going to be online co op. But there's there's going to be like no local car, <laughs> which is which is completely beside the point. But like the whole point in a Tony Hawk's game, especially if you're going back to the roots, is for hey. couch competition. Hey. Is for you know bring hey. your mates round. Hey. Yeah. Did you used to play horse? I used to play Tony Hawk's a lot. Yeah, but did you used to play the game mode horse? <laughs> horse. Yeah. Did you used to put a rude word in it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Gareth. That's it. Uh... So, but Tony Hawks. When you talk about Tony Hawks, I remember sitting there with my uncle, and what we'd do is we'd play a game. Whenever he beat me, I'd take off an item of clothing, whether it would be a sock or my trousers. And no, then when pants. I was in my pants, yeah, but that was like the last bit. And if I kind of lost that that um, that game then I'd have to do it. And it was so embarrassing. I felt like a right idiot. And it's stuff like that, you know, that you want to pass on to your own family members that you're not going to be able to. But, you know, we're talking about graffiti. We're talking about horse. We're talk- graffiti was a fantastic game mode. And it looks like that's what kind of Splatoon is going to be doing. Um, 
And for those that you don't know, it's two players. Basically, you have to trick on a certain object to turn it the colour of your team, be that red or blue. And then the person has to perform a higher skill trick than that to take the item off of you. Brilliant. And I spent absolutely hours doing that. Um, and I think everyone else has got similar memories. Yeah, but I think this is a... Um, this kind of just dictates a running theme in games recently, is that it is near on impossible now to find a local co-op game. Minus like the Lego franchise, which has always been local co-op and drop-in, drop-out system, is that games just shy away from it. They don't want to... You know, or what, two controllers, one Xbox? No, can't be doing that. And they just they just don't want it because they know that if you have a friend, then it means that if you don't have local co-op, that friend then has to go buy and commit to more of the money-making schemes, like Xbox Live, buy a new copy of the game, buy a new Xbox, and, you know, carry on. It's just, it's ridiculous. If they really do that, I reckon the 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 game will just flop. Because their only fans are hardcore Tony Hawk fans. Yeah, you know, if I'm going to play, not gonna have, they're not going to have any new audience there. It's either the audience will be residual Tony Hawk pro skater fans, skating fans, or people who know, as in older siblings, uncles, like you just said, who used to play the original games. If the local carp is out of that, then within the first week, people will buy it and take it back. They'll be like, "No, I don't want to play it." Mm. Okay, well, um, the next news story is kind of personal to my heart and my breasts. And uh, um, what it is, is a Play Arts Kai figure, which I collect many of. Dave, you've seen them, haven't you? Yeah, they're beautiful. I'll be honest, I'm not usually one to say that about anything on Rob, apart no. from a beautiful face. Thank but, you. Uh, you know, that collection of these is actually fantastic. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. For someone to then try and say that a figure would be designed in bad taste does not sit well with me. I've actually seen these figures and I don't know if it's a joke between Hideo Kojima and his friend um, that he's made sort of movable breasts. Um, But I've seen a few sort of people in groups that I'm members of. They're not perverted. They're just people that collect these specific figures. And say what you will. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not like it. Oh, they've not got malleable breasts. She's not got realistic breast physics. I think all it was was two guys just having a bit of a laugh of each other and they've made a kind of special one-off because um, they've known to make Hideo Kojima special one-off figures for any of the Metal Gear ones. Uh, He had a version of Raiden that had Hideo Kojima's head on it. He had a special painted version of um, Snake from Metal Gear Solid 1. So I think this may be just a little joke between two friends that people have started to take literally. Um, if it is real, I'll be getting one. <laughs> but I'd prefer to have a squidgy minge. Oh, no, you know, there's nothing I can say to that. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I feel that being a an absolute pervert expert <laughs> and pervert. I, I'm in a unique position to tell people, because, you know, it is a niche subject, it is a niche hobby, collecting these figures, but I've actually got a real passion for them. Um, I don't know what the picture is of the character on Kojima's Twitter, but it looks like the Raiden uh, Play Arts Kai figure. Uh, can't get it up at the moment. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm childish. 
We all are, Dave. Don't worry about it. You don't have to p- apologise. Um, but you know what I mean by squidgy. I don't mean like all horrible and sodden. I mean, yeah. uh, when I started off the game, uh, the Game Central podcast this week, I alluded to Mon Pubis, which is a fatty deposit just on the pubic bone. Uh, there's nothing worse than a bony vagina. Oh, okay. Okay. Nintendo. Thank you. Nintendo returns to an annual profit for the first time in... How long's it been, Gareth? Four years. Four years. Oh, that's that's like a four. long time, isn't that it? Is, that is shocking, though. Is that by any chance... Why is Gareth to... not talking? What have you done to him, Dave? I don't know. I have think you made I him feel all shy? I'll just... Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe this, uh, you know, this impending quiz has scared him, and all he's doing is just panicking about the, the fact that he, he has to beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Gareth, it's okay. You're not going to win. People yeah. say never be in a quiz with a quiz master. That's the thing. Exactly. That is it. You never see Bob Holness in a quiz or Roy Walker, do you? No. No. That's, That's true. Let's, yeah. just, let's just pretend, Gareth, that we know who those fucking people Oh, are. I know Roy Walker. He's a catchphrase guy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Bob Holness used to do Blockbuster. Oh, I've never seen Blockbuster. That's why they used to go, can I have a D, please, Bob? And stuff like that. <laughs> right, so, Gareth, tell us a little bit about Nintendo. Um. Okay. Well, they... Uh... I've not been making a huge amount of money in recent years. They lost a lot of money on the Wii U. Uh, the good thing about Nintendo, though, is that when they started losing money, they were still sitting on all that sweet, sweet Wii money. So they've actually not been that bad off for the past four years. It's not. It's like we used to talk about this probably like a year ago when all these stories were everywhere. Nintendo aren't in any financial trouble. They have billions of dollars like just sitting there as like a pr- protection if anything should go wrong. If Nintendo started making losses of like millions of dollars a year, they could still last for decades, potentially. Like, it's not a huge issue for them. But they have yeah. started posting profits um, because, you know, they'll be ramping down production of Wii U's um, so that cost will go down. They'll still be selling them so that cost will... Sorry, those uh, profits will keep coming in and then, you know, they're ramping up for NX, their next console, so... It's going to be a profitable two years, I would say, for Nintendo before the NX comes along and everyone realizes they don't like Nintendo consoles again. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the backlash happens, and yeah, and everyone they says they're going to go out of business. Why don't they just start making more of these awesome mobile phone games that they've been doing for the past two years? Everyone will say, but Nintendo are fine. They're making money again, which is nice, and uh, hopefully it means more free. Smash Bros. DLC. Go on, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention something about Smash Bros, but then I realised how much of a fanboy Gareth is. No, he's not actually. He really hates the uh, Wii U one. Oh, God. I don't hate yeah. it. It's just not good. Oh, okay. Oh, Nintendo. Let's... Sorry, Gay Dave. No, I was going to say Gay Dave. <laughs> Gay. Please. <laughs> Okay. Uh, let's just not touch on the subject anymore. You can carry on, Rob. Right, uh, Nintendo again. Yeah. Oh bloody hell! They're, they're doing a lot of stuff, aren't they? They're to scrap yeah. region locking for the new console. Doesn't matter because no one even knows what it is. Uh, it plans to release five mobile games by March 2007. Doesn't matter because no one knows what they are. And Nintendo and Universal join forces for a video game themed ride. 
fantastic, which no one knows what it's going to be. So, <laughs> pretty much John knows all of that, isn't it, Gareth? Um, I mean, you know, it's not huge news, but it's news. You like re- you? Why would you not be excited that Nintendo's next console could be region free? Import all those Japanese games you love so much. <laughs> yeah, all of them. There's not even enough games to go around in anywhere, let alone anywhere else. You could if get into Xenoblade. Yeah, in Japanese. Fantastic. <laughs> just get all my Japanese friends around, sit there and translate while I play it. If there is one sort of language barrier that is absolutely impenetrable, it's Japanese. <laughs> So you know that means absolutely nothing. I would love to, in a few years' time, watch you stream that entire game on Twitch in Japanese with you not knowing any Japanese. <laughs> and just your frustration. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 it's not even that because if Rob doesn't know what the story is, he would just make one up. And I reckon it would be a lot more interesting for him to play a Probably game would. like that. And then he just makes up the dialogue as the Japanese like characters come up on the screen. You could but be the, the next is... PewDiePie. <laughs> or, yeah, but. The thing is, Gareth, mm-hmm. with their games, they're so sort of out there. Could you imagine playing something like Bayonetta if you had no idea what was going on and trying to form your own idea as to what the story was trying to allude to? Um, Do you think you could follow it? Probably not. I'd be too busy uh, wanking anyway. Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, Killer7, how about that? Would you, would you know what the hell was going on with that? Um, I think I still don't know what's going on with Killer7. No, not a lot of people do. Um, and Nintendo is revealing its plans for E3 2015 later. That's already happened now. Okay, tell us about it, Gareth. Tease us on their behalf. Uh, they're bringing back the Nintendo World Championships. Fantastic. I'll be intending that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to sound... Uh, Infused. Are yeah. you? Yeah, can't you tell? No, well... I think you're trying. I just don't think you're yeah. trying very hard. I hear that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gareth. What? What do you want to t- do? You, do you want to go down to third place? The thing is, what? you don't see it as a problem because Dave's only here for this week, and you know that come next week you'll be right up the pecking order again at number two. Right. Okay. Okay. You are. Um, a superstar? Not a superstar. <laughs> Who is he? You are. Listen to this. Right. You are Gary okay, Barlow so. of Take That. Right? Who's the fucking best one? No, Robbie Williams was the best one. That's me. He's okay. not in Take That anymore. No, he was. Okay. When Robbie Williams left, they still carried on. They weren't the same. They didn't have the edge. But Gary and Barlow. Gary was Barlow. The Gary Barlow was the one that put all of the things together. He put all of the songs together. He wrote all the music. Uh, you put it together, basically, Gareth, is what you do. Okay. okay. And then Don's just a gay dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think I see what you're saying. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. So two days before E3 this year, Nintendo will be holding the uh, World Championships. Um... Which, I, like, they did this in the 80s, didn't they? They made, like, a specific 
Super Mario Brothers World Championship Edition that now sells on eBay for like oh, yeah, thousands of dollars and stuff. So I imagine it'll be along those lines, just brought forward in time a little bit. But the um, thing is, Gareth, I'm not being racist, but we're so wired to that sort of shit now. Back then it was innocent, and people that got those carts were like, oh, this is fantastic. They, they didn't get them for monetary purpose. You do that nowadays, and people will be ended up getting stabbed and shot to try and get hold of those carts or anything like that. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, they'll just go ape shit for them. Yeah. Because hmm. we well, live in a cynical world. Yeah. Well, they also announced they'll be doing what they did the last few years, where they don't have a presence uh, at any press conference. They just do an online thing. Um, and they'll have their treehouse thing going on the show floor, like they did last year. Which was pretty good last year. I don't know if you watched any of it, but if you're a Nintendo I fan... They just basically, it's like whereas uh, Microsoft and Sony will just like have their press conference, then just go off stage. Nintendo mm. were there for all uh, every day of E3, like doing a live stream, saying, like, "Okay, here's the, the game we announced in the press conference we did. Now we're going to play it for two hours and talk you through all the stuff in it." It's actually kind of awesome if you're a Nintendo. It feels more intimate, doesn't it? Whereas Microsoft seems like, "Bro, everyone, look at this, blah blah. We want to be everyone's friend." Nintendo's more like, "You know what? Come with me. Give me a hand." Let me just come with me, and we're going to show you what it is that we're up to. Me and you in an intimate room. Let's play some games and just talk about it, rather than this whole big, massive. Oh look how big my dick is! <laughs> Nintendo are like, yes, our penis is small. Okay, we know that. It's not. A but problem. our hearts are big. Exactly. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's time for your weekly video game music section with me, Gareth. I uh, just want to take this opportunity to remind you that uh, you can get in touch with us. Uh, there's a Facebook page that you can like, uh, there's a Twitter account you can follow, and that, that'll mean that as soon as the podcast's ready, you'll get it on all your feeds and stuff. Um, also, you can get in touch with us on those pages. Um, also, if you go to uh, gamebanter.co.uk... There's a contact us uh, section that has like my Twitter on, the way you can email me. So if there's any way you want to get in touch with us, uh, send us an email. We might read it out on the show. If you if you think to yourself, well, you've never read an email out on the show. It's because we don't get any. <laughs> so you could be the first. Uh, the reason I bring this up is because um, a listener actually did get in touch this week and requested some music. Uh, that listener was Chris Hard. He's been listening for a long time, long time listener. Um, unfortunately he requested the uh, end credits music to Mass Effect 1 which is like an actual song by an actual band which I always feel a bit weird about because I never really know if we're going to get sued <laughs> I doubt we will because we make no money from this and we're like the world's smallest gaming podcast but still it makes me nervous so instead I'll be playing the uh, end credits music from Mass Effect 2 which is still incredible one of the only flawless games I think I've ever played. Uh, a game I love daily. And it has fantastic music. So I hope this will be good enough for Chris. Also, if you have any requests for music, feel free to get in touch. Gamebanter.co.uk uh, Contact us section. Have everything you'd need to get in touch, right? So this is the end credits theme from Mass Effect 2.
how it's going to run is that I'm going to ask you both the same question. There are four multiple choice answers. Okay, I will ask Rob first for his answer, A, B, C, or D, and then Gareth can either That's go... That's not good, because Gareth copies. Well, what? you might be wrong. This is why it's better, I'm not going to be wrong, the... am I? No, you, you... Yeah, you probably will. These, these questions are quite obscure. So... I won't get it wrong. I reckon you would. <laughs> okay. I prefer this way because it makes it a lot more interesting because then you can debate what the answers are. Okay, here we go. Uh, Gareth, that was an absolutely fantastic song. Have you played the song yet? Yes. Yes. What made you choose it? Uh, I didn't actually choose it. Who was it? Was it Dave? It was Chris Hard. He requested a song and I... That's absolutely fantastic. And what was it about the song that made you agree to it? It's obviously orchestral. Uh, Yes. It's uh, from Mass Effect, a series I love, which I've already said earlier on in the podcast. Oh, Mass Effect, that's a fantastic soundtrack. I've got that on VHS absolutely brilliant so for this week it's going to be absolutely brilliant I get to take on the beast himself uh, something that I've always wanted to do but never trust Gar- uh, Don or Guy to uh, plan and execute a quiz Smart. Uh, one person I do because he gives up his free time every week to do it at his local retirement community is David Ellery uh, you are the quiz master today Dave beautiful uh, can I have a little bit of a um, fog on please what you want it yeah. Let me just get it back up. Oh, how, babies, man. how loud do you want it? I could put it really close or. <laughs> well, you know, just like. Oh, beautiful. Wow, no, uh, that, that was distorted. <laughs> it was so aggressive that it was distorted. I could give you, like, a far away, like, a fog on in the distance. Or I could give you, sort of, like, a. Oh, beautiful. Thank you very much, Gareth. Right. Yes, I am the quiz master. Hi Dave. Today, hi. Hello Gareth. Hello. Hello. Hi. Previously explained the rules, but I'll explain it again. So, I'll be no, asked... No, you're a quiz master, not a fucking boxing referee. <laughs> okay. Quiz master, there are seven questions. Multiple choice questions. I'll ask for Rob's answer first, and then I'll ask for Gareth's answer. I'll be telling up the answers, and at the end of the quiz, I'll tell you who has won. Okay? Okay, here we go. Right, first question. Listen carefully, Rob. Yeah. What company published the first Call of Duty game? So what company published the first Call of Duty game? Was it A, Activision, B, Konami, 3, Infinity Ward, or whoa, D... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? You can't do A, B, 3. No, oh, C. I said C. Thank you. You said Thank 3. You. Oh, did I say 3? <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> Okay, C, Infinity Ward, or D, Rob Walker? It was Activision. Right, Rob, is that your is that your answer? Right, A, sorry. Right, thank you. Gareth? Yeah, it was Activision. We know. This is published, not developed, yeah, well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, published, not yeah. developed. Yeah? Both yeah. both going Activision. You it's are possible. both correct. Well done. <laughs> Call of Duty was released on uh, October 29th, 2003, and it was uh, developed by Infinity Ward and published by Activision. Well done. Good memories, guys. Good memories. Right. 
By the way, these questions will get harder and more obscure as we go on. Thank you. What, you mean Rob Walker won't be answering <laughs> every question? <laughs> yeah, Rob Walker will not be answering every single question. Probably more okay. than that. So, question two, guys. What two consoles did the PlayStation 1 compete with in 1994? So, the two consoles did uh, PlayStation 1 compete with in 94. Was it the SNES and the Sega Saturn? It was the Saturn and the N64. Can, can, can I at least do A, B, C, D? Okay. Bob, don't jump Sorry. the gun. Sorry. B, was it SNES and Sega Dreamcast? Was it C, Nintendo 64 and Sega Saturn? Or was it D, Virtual Boy and Sega Jaguar? Uh, Virtual Boy and Sega Jaguar. Okay, is that your final answer? No, no. <laughs> it's uh, C. Is that, uh, is that Saturn and N64? Yes. Yes. Right, Gareth? Uh, what was C again? C was... You have to pick a different one, Gareth. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm not understanding. So, A, N, uh, SNES and Sega Saturn. B, SNES and Sega Dreamcast. C, Nintendo 64 and Sega Saturn. Or D, Virtual Boy and Sega Jaguar. Huh. There's Atari Jaguar. I feel like the Saturn, okay. that's very early for the Saturn. I may be wrong. I'm going to go A. <sighs> Rob, you are correct. It was C. Well, Thank you very much. Yep, PlayStation's primary rivals were the Nintendo 64 and the Sega Saturn on release on 1994. So there's a bit of general knowledge for you, Jim. Gareth. I, but I do believe the N64 wasn't released until 1996. Uh, according to the Wikipedia page where I got most of this information, it was 1994. <laughs> Tell them to shut their mouth. <laughs> well, you know, you can go re-edit it. <laughs> it could even be 1998. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> Question three. Something up uh, Gareth Street. What Ugh. year was Mass Effect released in Europe? Was it A, 2005, B, 2006, C, 2007, or D, 2008? Rob? Uh, D. D, 2008? No, it's either C or D. Um, let me think. I think it's delayed. Uh, well, oh, six I'm going to was take... Gears of War. That was 2006. I'm going to say C. Right, Gareth, you're saying C. I'm going to do a tactical uh, and go for C as well. You already said D! No, you already said D. I'm taking oh, that fuck answer. fuck off! I'm taking that answer. No, I'm taking that answer. You said D. You said D and it was prominent. Okay. It was C, though. It's 2007. Yeah, it is 2007. Yeah. Well done. Yes. <laughs> C. Well, I just might be Gareth. <laughs> it was you released worldwide in November 2007. Okay, well done. Question four, guys. You are currently two apiece. There are three questions left. Four questions left, including this one. So, it's all to play for, guys. So, question four. Which game was one of the launch titles for the original Xbox? A. NHL 2004. B. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. C. Call of Duty 2. Or D. <laughs> I can't believe I just wrote this down. Uh, Pat the Rapper the Rapper. <laughs> hmm, that's very strange. <laughs> so, do you want to hear those choices again? Yeah. yeah. So, A, NHL 2004, B, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, C, Call of Duty 2, or D, Parappa the Rapper? I'll go with B, Dave. Going with B, Rob? Yeah. Gareth, what are you going to go with? Um, I'm going to go with C. C, Call of Duty 2. Can I tell you my reasons, Dave? So yes, I can you can. Show off. 
because I don't Please normally get to test my knowledge on this. Please show off. Uh, it was, I believe, the Xbox was released in 2002, which would take out the first one. Uh, Call of Duty was Finest Hour, but that wasn't released until later on. Uh, and Prepper the Rapper was a PlayStation exclusive. You know what? That's a fantastic explanation, and well done, Rob. You got the answer correct. It Thank was you very much. Hawks Pro Skater 3. So, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 was one of the original Xbox launch titles, along with Halo Combat Evolved, Odd World, Munch's Odyssey, and Dead, and Dead or Alive. Well done. It's a, I didn't send you this, Rob. So you didn't, but you're making it sound <laughs> but, you know, I want to make that clear, Gareth. I didn't uh-huh. send this quiz. Okay. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> he he is just that good. Uh, question five: How many peripherals, controllers, etc., were made and released for oh, yeah. NES? Okay, was it A fifty six? That's a joke question. <laughs> it's, not, it's not. I told you they got. I told you they got a score. Yeah. Okay. So, how many peripherals? Sorry, were released? question. Yeah. Are we talking about things like Rob the Robot and stuff like that? Peripherals are anything which can be connected to the NES as part of the game. The NES or the SNES? The NES, so the Nintendo Entertainment System, not the SNES. I don't want to lose. Okay. So, was it A, 56, B, 65, C, 89, or D, 142? Are you on crack pipe? I'm not on crack. <laughs> You're talking about... So we're talking about third-party controllers? We are talking about peripherals, third-party and Nintendo-licensed peripherals. I'd go for A, because I can't... I thought 56 was a joke. <laughs> and you were going to go 56, 4, <laughs> 3, or 2. <laughs> I'm taking A as your final answer, Rob. Go. It's so difficult, because... You try and pick apart, like, what would somebody make up? What would somebody's idea of a real answer be? Mm. And I think it's either A or B. And if I go A, then I'm just on the same amount of points as Rob. So I'm going to go B. Well, actually, if you go... Yeah. You're still one behind, wouldn't you, Yeah, you still, yeah, you're still one behind. No, but if I mean, you... I'm not gaining any ground. If me and Rob both get A wrong, then I gain nothing. Oh yeah, that's what. It's I'm called mean. a tactical. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. So you're saying B. Other time. Yeah, I think B. I what guess. Right, as a joke answer, well done, Rob. It is A fifty six. Thank you. Nintendo released 56 attachable devices for the NES, including a cheat code adapter, a variety of different controllers, and even a piano. Well, they're on, they're on um, cannabis. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. The piano, and this, I, I had this extra fact because I didn't believe it myself. So the yeah. piano was called the Miracle Piano and was sold with the game by the same name. And it taught children how to play the piano on their NES. Dave, that's such a lovely story, isn't it? Isn't that great? Did they do Mario Paint as well? <laughs> uh, or was it that wasn't SNES? Listed. I think that was SNES. Okay. But yeah, there was something ridiculous. Like 30 out of the 56 were well, like third party controllers. Some of their shit that they planned for the Wii, like the Vitality Sensor. Uh, <laughs> you do, it does sort of make you wonder. Yeah. Right, question six. Uh, Gareth, if you get both these questions right, 
and Rob, you get both these questions wrong, it's a draw. So, you know, you've still got some dignity to play for, Gareth. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been against me from the start, so... Oh, like my <laughs> God. Why is that? You get to answer first for every question. Puts me on the back foot. <laughs> right, right okay, okay, you can answer questions for this one, then. Question six, and Gareth, you can answer first. What is the highest-grossing game series of all time? Is it A, Call of Duty, B, Mario... C, World of Warcraft, or D, Sonic? Right, well, it's not Sonic. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Sega scratched off the list then. My, it's not Sonic. My initial it. thought when you asked the question was, it's probably World of Warcraft. But, what was A? Call of Duty? A was Call of Duty, B, Mario, C, World of Warcraft, D, Sonic. And is this taking into account Mario Kart, Mario Party? This is the Mario, Mario series, including the Call of Duty series and the Sonic series. Okay, Wait, so that's all game involved. Mario's so when I say Mario, I mean... All of Mario. All of Mario. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my original gut feeling, which was World of Warcraft. I'm going to go see. Um, Rob, what are you going to say? As much as I'm tempted to say Call of Duty, it's the actual length of time that Mario's been going on and the actual sort of massive hype that it was when it was in its infancy. So as much as my anus is telling me Call of Duty, (laughs) I have to go with my penis, which is saying uh, Mario. Right. Gareth, you have won that point. World Wait. of Warcraft what? No, is the highest-grossing game series of all time, with a worldwide sold of ten over ten million copies worldwide, and a grossing. Don't profit even bring in the subscription. No, a grossing profit of over ten billion dollars worldwide. No game touches it. So wow. you're saying no World of Warcraft has sold more than every Mario put together? It's about grossing. So how much profit has it made? It has made oh over God. $10 billion. It's in the question, you got to listen to the question, mate. It's in the question. question. I thought the highest grossing game was like, the most sold. No, the most money made is grossing. Well, you know, you, you had to differentiate there, Dave. I thought, well, that's well, not my problem. I'm sorry, buddy. It's a quiz. Your Last a question. Quiz. <laughs> Last question. It's all to play for with Rob on four and Gareth on three. What console was classed as the first home video game console? Was it A, the Atari 2600? B, the Magnavox Odyssey? C, the Commodore 64? Or D, the Sega Mega Drive? So, Gareth, you can go first. Um. answers again. It is A, Atari 2600, B, the Magnavox Odyssey, C, the Commodore 64, or D, the Sega Mega Drive? Uh, I'm going to go B. Final answer? It's all to play for. Okay. Rob, what is I your I want to say B as well, but then that would be seen as a tactical bitch move. Okay. Um, Are you still going to say B as a tactical bitch move? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't want to draw with Gareth. Okay. But then, I think it's B, but then, if I, you know, when they say in uh, 
sort of the who wants to be a millionaire mm-hmm. is do you want to think and everyone's going uh Oh, take the money, take the money. And then the guy goes, you know what? I'm going to play on. And everyone's like, <gasps> But that guy won that night, Dave, because he stepped out. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So are you going to step out? I don't know. The Atari and the Spectrum. It's too well, obvious. They are early consoles. They were before the Mega Drive and anything else like that. But the Magnavox Odyssey was one of those just, like the Colca Vision, just random consoles that came out so whatever it is it has had to have played Pong because that was like one of the first first games uh, so Gareth I'm sorry and I know you're probably going to say oh what a pussy <laughs> but I do believe it is the Magnavox because what was the first one Dave? Atari 2600 yeah and it, there, was, there was like 2500 there was that many more before that one came out so that must have taken a length of time so they're not the first consoles because there was another two and a half thousand previous models so I'm going to have to go with the Magnavox Odyssey right congratulations Rob it was the correct answer and you have won the quiz no won congratulate Gareth first and Gareth for your valiant effort of four points Right, facts about the Magnavox Odyssey. In 1972, the Magnavox, or Magnavox, sorry, which was a uh, American electronics company, released the Odyssey, the game console, which was classed as the first home video game console. It was um, a very simple game console, which was operated by flipping different switches to play different variations of a similar and same game type. So these games were classed as tennis, volleyball, hockey, and a game called Chase. But they're all just variations of bloody Pong. Yeah, they were pretty much all variations oh, of Pong. Oh, sick, Dave. I know. It's almost, it's you know, these switches are pretty much what um, Call of Duty fans keep doing. So oh. Just, oh, let's just change it up a bit. <laughs> there we go, that'll do. Can I just Release say it as well, games. so I know Gareth likes to uh, beat someone down while, they're, while he's victorious. Okay. I would have picked one of them ones that I weren't allowed to pick. Let's <laughs> just know that. But, but, what do you, what's that? Like it was a particular question where I was forced away from being able to say C and I had to <laughs> take D instead. So I remember that. There was all the questions where I was like, well, Rob's already given his answer. I can't bitch out and give the same one. See, Dave, this is why you had to... You don't know the history of bitterness that runs between us all on this podcast. <laughs> the next time, I'll do individual questions. Yeah, you have okay, to same questions, different, different answering times. How about that? No, not really. Oh, I thought you said same question, different answers. No, same <laughs> questions, different answering <laughs> times. So you, yeah. you piss off and, you know, do whatever you do. Wank, probably. And then, yeah. you know, come back. <laughs> uh. But no, final scores. Rob with five points and Gareth with four. Congratulations, Rob. Do we get like some sort of congratulation music like played no. over? It, look, listen, if Gareth would have won, <laughs> the editing would have been next to none. There would have been great ethereal music. He's <laughs> literally just going to chuck it out and not even really care. <laughs> it's just going to be like a, you know, congratulate Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> If it. you think for a second that go. Rob's going to have won when this podcast comes out, <laughs> I have all the power. 
he's going to bring out some sort of allegation against me. Save <laughs> me to call. You'll be like, I'm going to have to go with D. Yeah. <laughs> really, I'm obviously, have Eddie. D. Yeah. D every time. I'm going to have to go with D. <laughs> Highest grossing series of all time, Sonic. Okay, Rob says Sonic. <laughs> or, um, uh, Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry wasn't even in the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Devil oh, May Cry three wasn't in the lineup, Rob. Are you sure Devil May Cry three? Okay, then I'm writing it down. Well, we better stop talking now because he won't bother editing this out either. <laughs> What have we been playing this week? Dave, you went last last week, so this week you can go first. Just say thank you for being the implementator of that fantastic quiz. Okay then, thank you very much, Robbie. It's an absolute honour to go first. Um, I've been playing, uh, seeing as it was a surprising download on my Xbox, I didn't realise I had it, was uh, The Last of Us, uh, Year One Survival Edition. I've been playing that quite a lot. Wait, uh, you didn't realise you had it? No, I had no idea that I had it. Uh, it was one of those things where I've been pretty busy over the past couple of weeks that I completely forgot I bought and downloaded this game. Uh, <laughs> so that was a nice surprise last Monday uh, where I found that on my Xbox, and it's actually fantastic. Um, I'm one of those guys that did purchase it uh, on the 360, uh, didn't play it no, a massive didn't. amount. Uh, it did come out on the 360. It did come out on the 360. It was an arcade game. Last of Us. No, not Last of Us. State of Decay. I'm alive. Oh, my God. Oh my God. How the hell did I get that one? Okay. Sorry. My bad. No, let's start again. So, anyway, fantastic. <laughs> what a great game that was, Dave. Thank you very much for facilitating. Uh, Dave. Uh, oh, I can, no, no, Gareth. no. Seriously, can uh, I? I need to talk this out. Gareth. Uh, talk over my mistake. State of Is there any sort of similarities between the two games? <laughs> nope. None at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just like they're vaguely based on zombies. Hey, if you, uh, do, if you don't have to look like an idiot, we can just start again. <laughs> could you? Yeah, could I please start again? Right, edit that all that out, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely not going to be it. I had a massive surprise on my Xbox console because I forgot I downloaded it. I think it was. I think it was a very similar game, Rob. It wasn't Last of Us. It was the State of Decay. Oh, uh, Surprised you didn't get yourself mistaken. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's so difficult, and it's such an easy mistake to make. I no, it's now because it's the uh, Game of the Year edition, the remastered part. And I'm jump up. Oh, you know, um, The Last of Us, now available on Xbox One. I get so excited, but then I read it, and it says State of Decay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just done. <laughs> I'm just going to go. And just, so anyway, yeah. this what game is just out on the Xbox One. People were talking about it, but tell us about it from when it was released two years ago. <laughs> what, the State of Decay or Last of Us? Because I haven't Last played Last of Us. <laughs> I just want to clarify just that. Uh, the State of Decay, it's, um, it's actually What really is the good. State of Decay? Uh, pretty much, it's every zombie game known to man. So there has been some form of zombie outbreak that nobody knows the cause of, but we're just surviving. But the difference between that is that it's it's a survival generator where 
you have a homestead you control all of the people inside that homestead you get different side missions for you know upping morale you need to go hunt for resources and materials food medicine and just evolve as the game progresses i i have heard a thing about this zombie game though that sets it apart from all the other zombie games and correct me if i'm wrong here dave but the zombies aren't the real threat are they dave what is if you would have to say that there's a threat out there what is the predominant threat not that we'd obviously say zombies (laughs) that's the first thing that comes to mind but is it actually the zombies i don't really want to spoil it because you know it's a big reveal yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not the zombies aren't the biggest. Oh my god! Like threat. Is it? The, but it's worth the playing. Birds. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about it. Oh. But it is very, very good. Uh, the graphics since 360 has improved. Obviously, it's the HD version remake. Uh, the voice acting. They said that there's less loops, so the radio. Uh, you have like a radio mic as you always do in these zombie games and it, it's do. less repetitive. Um, but yeah, it's just a really good game. Uh, I guess one of the functions as well on it, which I haven't seen in many games, is that your characters, you've got a you've got a choice of three playable characters. And say if I'm... I play as one character for a length of time, he or she will get fatigued. They will get tired, which means that they'll perform, uh, they'll shoot, their shooting becomes worse because they're oh. tired. They can't hit properly. So it's a, it's a little bit more realistic in the survival aspect. You need to eat during the day to keep your stamina up. And um, obviously, like I said before, gather uh, materials as well as doing the missions um, for the game. But generally, it's it's a very enjoyable experience. And I've, uh, I've, I've loved it, quite honestly. Dave, if I was to come up to you in the street and just you don't know me from Adam, and I was to say to you, "Well, wow, I've just been playing State of Decay on the Xbox 360. Absolutely hate it. I don't suppose you played it on the Xbox One by any chance?" Uh, yeah. What do you, what what would you want? That's from not this conversation? Yeah, no, no. You just uh, you just asked like a yes or no question. Did you I play just it say yes to that. I have. And then what? <laughs> yeah. Have you played it on the Xbox 360? Yes, I have played it on 360 and Xbox One. Is it a noticeable step up? or It's hard with these because I haven't seen the original graphics. I haven't seen the Xbox 360 version in so long. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult to say, yes, they definitely have improved. It's a noticeable improvement. Let's just take it as it doesn't look awful compared to the other Xbox One games that I've been playing. So but I've been playing... You're selling it to me. Pardon? You're selling it to me. Keep yeah. going. So it doesn't it doesn't look absolutely dreadful. It it is still an arcade <laughs> game, and it's up to scratch with uh, with the graphics. Um, I think the most noticeable, and this is the point that my brother um, highlighted, is that the fighting and the combat is so much smoother that is you it? don't feel like because previously you would say hit a zombie, they would dodge it and miss, or you would miss, and then it would take you forever to kind of get back to the stance. The animations were very, like, slow, which made it very easy for you to get attacked. So the movement's a lot more realistic. The weapons, I think, um, so the sounds, like I said in the game, are a lot more realistic. And, um, 
yeah, generally it's just a very it's a very solid gaming experience. With what, about, what about the humans? Um, because sometimes the humans could be more dangerous than the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You could almost call it the human element. Is there a human element in it, Dave? There is a human element, but sadly, uh, for me anyway, uh, the human element is just every single cliche stereotype in a zombie apocalyptic movie. So you're going to have... You have the worry war mother type archetype. You have the preacher who thinks it's a it's a sign from God. You have the police officer or park ranger who is stubborn and pretty much bastard. And then you have the stereotypical army force which comes yeah. in and just eradicates everything. So there is a human element there, but it is more stereotypical and nothing really to shine a torch on. What I want, Gareth, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you do as well, is a game that focuses entirely on the human element. Yeah, <laughs> it just hasn't been done before. It's, this no. is such a rich well to mine. Yeah, <laughs> because the humans, when they're forced into that sort of situation where their back's against the wall, they can sometimes be just as, if not more dangerous than the zombies themselves. <sighs> that's, a, that's a bold claim. Thank that's, you. A big, that's, that's a big social commentary there. Thank you, Dave. Uh, a groundbreaking social commentary, which I'm sure... Groundbreaking? Games... Yeah, groundbreaking, mate. It's not breaking. I love doing It bakes the ground. That's yeah. how good it is. It's so hot off the press, it bakes yeah. the ground. And then it cracks later when you're not and near it, it. Exactly, and it cracks later due to, you know, moisture and shit. But, you know. Moisture and shit, there you go. Yep. That's a bit of a... Science. <laughs> science view there from Dave. Now, Dave, have you played anything else apart from this game? Um, nothing of mention. Fantastic. So just the normal Far Cry and GTA Online, but I think everyone has their regular gaming diets, don't they? Like yeah. mine, for instance, is FIFA. I enjoy playing FIFA and Forza Horizon. They're the sort of games that underline my gaming stream, and the others will come along and ride on top of it for a little while. But then mm. I'll just default back into my. Uh, that'd not... be a good feature, actually, one day, Gareth and Dave. <laughs> Those sort of games throughout the generations that weren't just games you just played. They were sort of mainstays for quite a few months as you mm. played other games, but you'd always return to them. Yeah. Remember that, Gareth? Yeah, write that down. Take a note. Because <laughs> I won't be here when that happens. <laughs> Maybe. You may be invited back. I would love to, Rob. Thank you. Uh, so, Gareth, you went second to last last week. Uh, you weren't necessarily playing anything, but you were making connections and networking. Have uh, you been doing the same this week? Uh, no, I've actually uh, played something this week. There we go. Uh, I've played an indie game for the PC called A Story About My Uncle. Uh, it's made by oh, the that same. Sounds like an indie game. It is. It's What's made by the same. Oh my god! It's made by the same people. It's made by the same people. Well, as what? Come on, you've got to be a bit. It's more made by the same people as Goat Simulator. Oh, oh, great. Okay. It's really funny, isn't it? No, I think it was before Goat Miller, actually. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Um, it's basically um, about a child whose uncle is like a uh, inventor and goes missing. Uh, and the child goes on a quest to find them. Um, quite a simple setup. But, it would um, be. <laughs> it is. Um, but it plays really well. Basically, um, the game turns into... Kind of like a first-person Spider-Man game. Um, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, your uncle has invented a suit for you, 
and you oh. find that and you use it to traverse uh, certain areas to try and find him. Um, so yeah, you have a grapple hook which uh, will pull you towards things in a Spider-Man-esque way and you have like a super jump um, and like a really good sprint. So you can chain these together in ways like you'll sprint, super jump, grapple onto something um, and use the momentum to get yourself to another thing you can grapple to and before you know it you're swinging like Spider-Man uh, in loads of different ways. Feels really good to play. Um, feels similar to Portal um, in that it's just you in an environment trying to figure it out. Um, there are characters in it that you do um, discover, but by and large it's just sort of this feeling of exploration. And whereas Portal feels sort of sinister, uh, you feel kind of uneasy whilst playing Portal. This is very much the opposite of that. It's just sort of joyous, like... The whole world is very colourful and vibrant and the graphics are really nice and it just fills you with a sense of wonder. Like It's an environment you've never seen before in a game and you're exploring it in a really awesome, interesting, cool way. Um, it reminded me of a few weeks ago we were talking about uh, our favourite Superman game, not Superman, superhero Spider- games. Um, and we were talking about how in Spider-Man 2 the feeling of swinging was enough for you yeah. to want to play that game. It was like a that one mechanic justified you in your entire purchase of that game. This was similar. Uh, The feeling of swinging round and traversing these environments and finding the secrets by sort of swinging places you weren't supposed to in ways you didn't think you'd be able to. It was really satisfying. The only issue is the game in its last, say, third or quarter maybe has such a steep uh, jump in difficulty. Literally. Yeah, it like um, up until that point, it feels sort of joyous. Like you know, you're just kind of doing whatever you want. You have total freedom, and you just you feel like you're in complete control. And then when they ramp up the difficulty, you start seeing sort of the cracks, like how you have to do certain movements very quickly in a very specific order to get to the next sort of area. Um, whereas the first bit, like I said, it was more exploration. You're like, you know, I wonder if I could grapple over there. Okay, not quite. Oh, maybe if I do the sprint super jump into grapple to this thing to swing, then to get over there. And you're sort of finding that stuff out. The last section is very much, there's one way you can go, mm-hmm. see if you can figure out how to do it. Um, and that's not as fun. Um, and it's very, very challenging because you get to a point where uh, you can only grapple a certain number of times whilst you're in midair. But there are like crystals where if you zap them when you're in midair, you get your grapples back. So it's like super jump, grapple, grapple, fire at a crystal, grapple, grapple, fire at a crystal. And you just don't really have enough control to do it every time. So it's like every one out of ten attempts, you'll nail it. And then all the other attempts, you're just kind of flailing around. You'll miss the crystal by like a tiny little bit and then you'll just fall to your death and it's just... More frustrating than it is fun. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, the game was £2 in a sale. You can't you can't even buy um, a spoon for £2 nowadays, can you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, like, I had just heard uh, a couple things about it last year, and I, it stuck with me a little bit, and I was like, oh, that game's too good now, okay, I'll give it a try, yeah. and came away sort of incredibly impressed. Jared, I only can I say something a little, sorry? It's, go on. Can I say something a little bit saucy? Yeah. 
Oh, it sounded a bit too enthusiastic. <laughs> he was very excited about that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, come on, give it me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I think that's the beauty of indie games, isn't it? Is that you get a sort of idea and you just make a game with it. It's it's not like Ubisoft or something like that where you get, a, get an idea and you make ten games out of it over ten years. <laughs> it's like um, you get a different idea. Plan time and you've got the time you've got the finances to just make a really good game based on that central premise be it a goat or this game yeah it only took me like maybe four or five hours to complete from start to finish with quite a lot of exploring as well um but that's the beauty of indie games you know they're not in it to make a 40 hour witcher-esque epic no they just Mm. they have a vision it's very specific they They make it and they put it out there and if people love it then they'll pay money for it. And that's how these companies sink or swim. Um, yeah. It just so happens that the game they made was one I really, really enjoyed. It has its problems, um, but for £2, like I think it actually maybe benefited it in a way because I, I was having a challenge as well as just a pleasant experience. So I felt like I was getting more for my £2. Yeah. Um, mm. Even though I was frustrated, the sense of accomplishment is always nice. Um, so yeah. Indie games on the PC are cheap and alive and well and very Dave, good. Dave, have you got anywhere that you can buy PC games in particular? Uh, again, if I had to just pick one out of the hat, you know, yeah. really just, just just grab it and it's probably Green Man Gaming. That counts. <laughs> <laughs> May not mean nothing to ya. It's done for me. Uh, fantastic. So, Gareth, is that what you've done this week? Yeah, I mean, I've got my sort of uh, mainstay as well of Heroes mm-hmm. of the Storm. Keep it on that. Uh, but no one cares. Uh, but but uh, then again, you would say to people, go out and get this game for £2. It's called Where Is My Uncle? <laughs> A story about my uncle. Oh, that's it. A story <laughs> about my uncle. And do you find the uncle in the end? Well, it won't be a very good... It's just a real human element, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, you're on fire, Rob. I'll put myself out. (laughs) There we go. Uh, If you think I'm joking about this Drake song, uh, have a listen. No, that's fine. I always get this advert on YouTube. I bet everyone else does as well. Here we go. Wait, sorry. Put this little thing. Uh, did you give Drake permission to use your sound effect, guy? Um, no. Here it comes. But I'll let it slide. Don't understand nothing you've done for me, so I don't have something at all. And you know, Gareth, it's a, it's a, uh, it's an instrument that's been used in a lot of things. I think it's called. Uh, the foghorn. Uh, it was used in a lot of sort of ragga music uh, back in the day. Um, yeah, just really interesting. Uh, or yeah. Bashment. <laughs> bashment. Uh, Gareth, did you so like foghorn leghorn? Yeah, I'll say yeah. I'll say yes. I did. I'll say yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's how he was, is it? <laughs> I don't think he was dyslexic, no. Right, right so uh, 
This week, now we've got all that out of the way in the uh, the history of Garrus Foghorn. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this week uh, I've been mostly playing uh, DMC, Devil May Cry Definitive Edition. Good. I've completed it twice already. Really? And, yeah. What, on hardcore? No, I'm doing it on hardcore now because you have to hardcore. unlock the different difficulties. <laughs> um, and... Like people say, what twice already? I'd say it takes around eight hours each time, but you don't. I don't know how to explain it because it's so different from other games. The gameplay in itself is the game, and because it changes each difficulty you go up to, you get different enemies. You get different sort of harder enemies are introduced earlier in the game. Um, that is the real game. It's organizing how you're going to beat them using the test of skill. The story, okay, it's good first time around, but it becomes completely irrelevant. And it ends up with just you testing your skill as you go through this linear progressive world. And, you know, I know the story off by heart by now, but I've completed it twice. I'm now on my third playthrough doing it on a Son of Sparta. So I've got one more difficulty after this one, also on hardcore mode. And uh, it's... Probably, up, well, it is up there with the best sort of beat. Um, I don't like using beat em up because that's sort of to me that's one on one fighting like Tekken and hack and slash. Hack and slash, you know, people get hacked, people get slashed, Gareth. Um, and I would say to anyone to just pick this game up, do yourself a favor, Gareth, give it your seal of approval again. It's fantastic, Gareth. You don't have to verbalize it, you now have a horn. To show fantastic. Uh, Dave hasn't yet played it, which is really annoying me because I know you'd like it. Uh, you can come at it from any angle, be like my girlfriend, and uh, <laughs> you're going to have an absolute fantastic time. Unlike Just like girlfriend. your girlfriend. Oh, Dave. Oh, sorry. You ruined that. I was going to say, unlike my girlfriend, because you know I, I do come at her from any angle. <laughs> But it doesn't mean she's going to enjoy it and that she won't moan throughout it. <laughs> Us guys, Dave, and you, Gareth, I'll put you in on this as well. Yeah, I'll we'll yeah. We've been lied to because we had the internet and we saw all these women talking and the awful things they say that they like doing uh, in these special programs that we watch on the internet. Uh, the things they do and they say, oh, I love it, I love it, keep doing it. They don't love it. <laughs> You try I'm, doing some of the, that stuff to your girlfriend tonight. And I'm she scared was, to ask for an example. Well, let's just say Bukaki, all right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks yeah, for all, keeping it subtle, mate. <laughs> can't with Dave. You have to be very literal. Uh, basically, <laughs> you've got five men standing all around her. Don't make me sound like the fucking weirdo. They <laughs> themselves onto her. Now, Dave, if you were to go to your girlfriend tonight and say, me and my mate... I want that to happen to my girlfriend. No, but if you were, if that's what you wanted oh, to do... Oh, oh, yeah, no, sorry, yeah. You said, me and my oh. friends are going to get together and we're going to perform Bukkake on you. She's not... She'll say no. Even though on, like, on the internet, the girls are, oh, I love it, I love it so much. Keep doing it. So Devil May Cry is absolutely fantastic. I mean, all the weapons and stuff, they're so supremely balanced. And I think anyone that plays it wouldn't walk away from it saying, oh, it's all right. If you enjoy hack and slash games, you enjoy it. Even if you're one of these stubborn people that loved Dante's boyish good looks, 
his bare chest and his long, luscious hair from the PlayStation 2 era. Give it a go. Stop. You're only robbing yourself, all right, mate? No one is going to be there for you at the end of the day to say, well done. Capcom aren't going to come around to you and say, here's a plaque for not playing that version and just sticking to the Japanese Dante. Because you know what? Capcom are the ones that gave Ninja Fury the money to then go and make this game. It wasn't as if Ninja Fury came into the studio and went, everyone get out, you're off, fight! And then started to make this game. It was Capcom that gave them the reins. And they they made Heavenly Sword, which wasn't great. They made uh, Enslaved, which was a fantastic game, but didn't get the recognition it deserved. And this is a very talented studio that were given a chance and they not only met it, they exceeded it. And good on them, Dave. Yeah, no, I agree. Good on them. Because good on them. people would have collapsed under the pressure but and they would have made a casual, sort of flippant, easy-to-access game. But what they've done is they've looked at Devil May Cry what made Devil May Cry what it is, and also those layers of difficulty that the fans demanded. And I think even fans like myself, who collect figurines of Dante, listen to the soundtrack, The Devil May Cry! <laughs> Devil May Cry 3. Couldn't have been more happy. <laughs> that just made your life, did it? No, Dave, but I'm not being racist. How much did you spend on State of Crap? Twenty odd pound, isn't it? On Xbox. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think whether I got it on a deal, but yeah, it was around fifteen or twenty quid. Yeah, for twenty five pound in CX, you can buy yourself a copy of Devil May Cry Definitive Edition, and you'd have whole. And it's not about the human element in DMC. There is a human element in it because Dante and his brother Virgil are half human, half uh, demon. So you've got that human element. Mm. But it's just such a good story as well. It's about this guy who's a bit sort of, he's, he's a cool guy, um, he has sex with women, which is what cool guys do, uh, he has no idea of sort of powers, and then there's this resistance fighter, and basically the world is overtaken by this demon, and he controls people through like energy drinks and things like that called vitality, and what it is, is it's basically brainwashing the humankind, and the demon is uh, in a human form and he kind of runs the city and stuff. And he's not necessarily evil, but he says that humans need protection from themselves. So that's why he does it. There's a resistance fighter who you later find out is Dante's brother, Virgil. Uh, And he calls for this girl to find Dante because they were separated at birth. Dante's got no idea of his powers or his family background. And it turns Mm. out that he had a father who was a demon called Sparda who fell in love with an angel sort of human woman uh, and brought great shame upon himself. So Dante and Virgil's parents were slaughtered by the demons and uh, both children were kind of had their memories wiped and separated and put into children's homes. And it was only until then that they come back and they decide to get revenge on the demon. But Virgil, as we know, with Virgil being a bad guy and the other devil may cries, he has a sort of ulterior motive behind what he wants to do compared to Dante. They've both got great visions and what they're doing, they believe, is a just cause. But 
I'm waiting for the second game because if they improve on it, the one thing I don't want is for Capcom to then take back the reins and do a Resident Evil 6. <laughs> yeah. That like, ruin it. Yeah. yeah. Ruin, ruin what has already been, like, laid down as a, um, like, yeah. a base almost. Even if Devil May, uh, even if they want to carry on Devil May Cry, which seems to be the case because they're re-releasing Devil May Cry 4 into a definitive edition, I want them to still let Ninja Fury go on with this sort of way, this theory. I think, I think there's a, a place in the market for both visions of their Devil May Cries. And I really want a DMC too. And if that is announced at E3, I'll be coming on this podcast, literally. <laughs> okay? Bukake style. Well, we can do it at the same time over a podcast. Nice. So there you go. Uh, Gareth, you got anyone to tell that you love? Uh, no, but a uh, reminder that Chris Hard provided the music for this week's podcast. And no, he didn't anyone... provide, did he? he yes, didn't he make did. It. If anyone has any requests, they can let me know and I uh, may play your music as well in future. But how do they let you know, Gareth? Do they just shout out into the air? Do they make uh, smoke signals? Well, if they go do to they game... send messenger pigeon? If... Dave, that was rude. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> if they go to gamebanter.co.uk, there's a contact us section that will have all the ways you can get in touch. And also... A little uh, thing called Twitter. Well, yeah, that has my Twitter on the Contact Us section. And what else does it have on the Game Banter website, Gareth? Uh, it has a review for Max Payne 3. Exclusive. <laughs> uh, if you want to find out what Gareth thought of Max Payne 3 before anyone else, uh, <laughs> take yourself over to GameBanter.co.uk and because it is updated so infrequently, you'll still find it there as one of the thumbnails on the homepage. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic re- uh, read, and I'm going to include excerpts in it from it every week in the podcast from now on. Oh god! So it will be like serialised. You know what they do in the Sun newspaper and stuff when a celebrity releases an autobiography, <laughs> and then you can kind of give your reason as to why you had that fault. Great! Nice. Fantastic! So I can't wait. New feature next week. Dave, I personally want to um, personally want to tell you my absolute disapproval of you being on the podcast the last two weeks <laughs> what an absolute fucking burden it's been no but Dave you have held your own in a room full of testosterone yeah I probably could make a joke about you but I'm not gonna <laughs> probably could but I really uh, I want to add you as a favourite um, I don't know I don't even know what's going on anymore I thought I was talking shit uh, a bit later than that because it's only nine and we normally start about eight. But I'm just glad we started a bit earlier today. Yeah, otherwise the shit would be just in, you know. Maybe Gareth would have won the fucking quiz if we started a bit later. No way. What shit would you have changed? <laughs> Even if we started this quiz at 2am, I, I would never be caught napping. Now, uh, that's actually a challenge for you, Gareth. If you want to give me, challenge me to a quiz at 2am, Bring it on. Uh, I will lay this down as my legacy that I, the next time that I'm on this podcast, I yes. will uh, do do Gareth versus Rob 2. I'll yeah. come back with a sequel quiz. And this time it will be new and improved. Do it properly this time, mate. And we'll do it properly. <laughs> it was done properly, Dave. It was done very tastefully. And uh, you paid a lot of respect to those... Um, Ha <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, we've got it. Goodbye. <laughs>